0: this season on more and more every day. Let's do something together every day to be better oral historians. I don't know about you, but I love a daily task, whether it's a writing prompt to get me focused or a quick icebreaker to start class discussion. I love short, easy challenges. That's why this season's 10 minute or so episodes will feature experts, like-minded colleagues, resources, and things I'm learning along the way. But each episode will also end with a prompt something you and I can do that day to improve our skills as oral historians. I'm your host, Summer Sherland. Let's do this! Oral history. There are a few things that set our work apart from other methods of interviewing and research. For instance, the cataloging and archiving of oral history and the subsequent sustainable storage for future use of oral history interviews comes to mind immediately. You know, journalists, for example, report on stories and take quotes, hold interviews, and then they write their stories. Though news outlets generally do maintain their own archives and documentation for news reporting, not all interviews get transcribed, cataloged, and stored. Another distinction in oral history is the contextualizing of one person's story into a broader historical theme or analysis. You know, it's one thing to conduct hours of interviews with narrators, and it's another thing to historicize their memories. But it is this concept of shared authority that is so unique to our craft. You've heard about shared authority already. It's the idea that you and your narrator are equal partners in the creation and archiving of this primary source that you've created together. In fact, we consider our narrators as the, quote, first authors, with you, the researcher, following close behind, so when you started this process, you asked for consent to record, document, share and publish the content that you discovered in the interview. This is part of shared authority. But what comes after the interview is done? What are the concerns or complications that we might anticipate? And how do we negotiate our roles as both collaborative authors and analytical historians? In their 2007 article, Tracy K. Meyer and A. Glenn Cruthers identify this precarious balance of, quote, sensitivity to the interviewee with the professional responsibility to preserve history without abdicating the role of interpreting the past. So where do you stand on all of this? Let's talk about that today. No doubt any conversations about shared authority in oral history start and end with Michael Frisch, who coined the term in his book, A Shared Authority, Essays on the Craft and Meaning of of Oral and Public History, published in 1990. I urge any of you out there listening to pick up a copy if you intend to do any oral history work in the future. Frisch's inquiries into who owns these histories, both in collection of and publishing, push us to really consider the ethics of our work at every step. In a panel on sharing authority and the collaborative process at the Oral History Association, Frisch offered insight into the present tense of sharing authority versus the past tense of shared authority. It's nuanced, but here's what he had to say. With regard to sharing authority, quote, there is an oral history project and we are struggling to do it more collaboratively and to think about what those efforts teach us. On the other hand, when writing his book, he chose shared authority The past tense for his book title, which, quote, has a different tonality. In choosing it, I intended to suggest that in an important sense, authority is shared in oral history by definition, in the dialogic nature of the interview, in the history making offered by both the interviewer and the narrator. In the answer to the always appropriate question, quote, who is the author of an oral history, in quote, in the faintly implicit hyphen that reminds us of the connection between the very words author and authority. A few years later, Lorraine Sitzia wondered if this is even a goal worth pursuing in her piece, quote, a shared authority, an impossible goal. Sitzia wrote of working with one narrator, Arthur, on a book project over the course of several years. She writes, quote, "This process of collaboration has been fundamental to the project and has raised several important issues, such as who owns the material produced, who decides what material is made public, and how these decisions affect the history told." End quote. Throughout her piece, Sitsia tells of her personal relationship with Arthur and how this sometimes affected her emotional approach to the work. But then she concludes with a response to her own question, sure, shared authority is possible with clear boundaries and set expectations. Moreover, it is again in these nuances of now how the work is used that Sitsia grapples with both how she and Arthur may proceed with the content gathered. She believes that she and Arthur should both feel free to, quote, explore aspects of the work independent from each other. So when and where along the way is shared authority most important? At the consent stage, during the interview, transcribing or indexing, publishing, archiving, using content for contextual scholarship, all of this, none of this, and how do you achieve shared authority? These questions are both theoretical and practical. What is your understanding of shared authority theory? And how do you intend to hold yourself to this theory in your work? Practical. So this is today's challenge. I want you to write your philosophy of shared authority when it comes to oral history work, and I encourage you to do some research in developing this philosophy. Then establish a plan for following this philosophy for every interview you conduct. Good luck. We wanna hear from you. Tell us how you did today at SMCC History. Use the hashtag more and more every day on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is HistorySouthmountain at gmail.com, and I hope you follow us, write a review, or suggest us to a colleague. More and more every day is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College, in partnership with the Southwest Oral History Association. Music by Noah Gattel.